Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, world championship bronze medalist and now world junior record holder in the 200 IM from the 2022 World Champs in Budapest. We have the pleasure of sitting down today with Leah Hayes. Leah, how's it going? It's going really well. How are you? today. I'm excited to sit down and hear about your your journey for the last two months of swimming, starting at the U.S. trials in Greensboro. Um, So coming into that meet at the end of April, how were you feeling about where you were at with your swimming and did you have specific goals heading into that meet? Um, Well, I don't really set my expectations for myself too high. I think it applies a little bit of pressure to how I perform. So I like to go into with realistic goals. And for me, that was making the junior pen packs team. Um, and a week prior to the international uh, team trials, I had gotten my stress fracture diagnosis. Um, so that like kind of threw me off a little bit, but nevertheless, I was going to give it my all in my performance. Uh, you had a stress fracture uh, just weeks before how did that happen um my doctor and I believe that it happened because of overuse um I'm a lifeguard and on top of that I was weightlifting and running and just all sorts of activity so with that it just kind of fractured (laughs) gotcha um and how did that impact your training heading into trials um it did I received my stress fracture a week before I went to the doctor. And before that, I thought it was just like a bruise or I just misused it and it was going to be fine. But going in, um, I couldn't do brushstroke kick for a little bit, um, which definitely had to alter my training being an IMer. Um, but then once I uh, was put in a boot and uh, saw a doctor, everything started to feel a little bit better. And I was able to work on brushstroke before the international team trials. Okay, nice. How long were you able to kick breaststroke before trials started? Um, I'd probably say a little under a week, probably six days. I started working more on my, and like I worked thoroughly on it. I was like, I need to catch up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can imagine. Wow. That's, that's pretty wild. Um, so then going into trials, you're, you're shooting for the junior pan pack team. Um, what was your first event at trials or what was the first day you got to kind of test those waters, both just at the meet and, and with your fracture? Um, luckily I started off with the hundred freestyle, which is not too worrisome an event for me. Um, It's a nice little sprint event. It went well. Um, With that, it was projected that I made the junior national impacts team um, because I had one of the top two times for um, 18 and under. So I accomplished my goal then and I'm so relieved and super happy. And 
I felt like the race went really well and I was hoping that the rest of the meet would as well. Yeah. So then after the hundred free, what was, what was the rest of your lineup? Cause I know two IM was the last day. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the hundred free first, then the two free, then the four IM. And then I had a day in between and then the 200 IM. So it was a nice little recovery before getting up and going again. Yeah. Is, would, is that kind of your focus in training normally, like the IMs and I guess maybe the, those, those relay distance freestyles? Yeah, yeah, they are. My coach, um, we mainly train min distance um, and more and more of like an IM-based team. So those are the events that I strive for. Mm-hmm. Did, did the stress factor affect like your yardage or how you ended up resting or preparing for trials? Um, it did not, no. Um, I just went with my regular taper and my coach and I continued on with our normal schedule. Um, and luckily enough, by the time I was at Greensboro, my foot did not hurt anymore. So it was nice. It worked out. That nice. Yeah. No pain. All good. <laughs> that seems like a, a great way to go into Greensboro. So what is, what does a taper look like for you? Um, does, do you come way down in yardage? Do you keep the yardage pretty high until a few days before the meet? Um, well, my coach and I, we just gradually decrease yardage about, um, two to three weeks before the competition. And I've done that for the past nine years. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. So you've, you guys have it down at this point. Um, yeah. Am I doing my math right? So you've been swimming since you were seven? Yep. Whoa. That's a lot of tapers to have under your belt by the time (laughs) you have your driver's license. Do you have your driver's license? I do. I've had it for about eight months now. Nice. How how do you like uh, having the freedom of the road so far? (laughs) It's it's awesome. I finally... um, I'm able to show up to practice 15 minutes before. Not saying that my mom would make me late, but, you know, we just get there like five minutes or like a hair before practice started. What a responsible young athlete. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, congrats on having that kind of independence. And I'm sure your mom's appreciative of it too. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm getting off track. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Back to the meet. Um you make you make the junior pan pack teams on pan packs team off the bat on day one, uh, and then two hundred free, four hundred IM. How do you felt like those races went for you? Um, two hundred free. I didn't feel like that race went the best for me. Um, I just wasn't mentally prepared or in the zone for me to do my best. Um, but I thought it was it was a good race. Um, there's definitely some things that I need to improve on and I'm working on that currently. Uh, the 4am, I was really happy with my preliminary, uh, swim, but I think I gave it almost too much (laughs) because I wasn't able to come back in finals and do better, but I was still happy with my swim. Uh, 200 free 
what are those th specific things that you want to work on or are working on now? Um, I'd probably just say my walls right now. Um, they are kind of my weakest link in the two freestyle. I breathe on my first stroke off breakout and I maybe do like two or three dolphin kicks. So my coach and I talked and we were like, yeah, that needs to change. Uh, to how it needs to change to how many kicks? What's the goal? Um, I'd like five or six regular dolphin kicks off each wall. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So then uh, you have the day off. How do you spend a day off at, at, at trials? Um, my coach and I went to the pool in the afternoon, did another taper workout, and I just refueled and took it really easy, stayed in bed most of the day, and that was about all. Are you someone who like pays attention to the results and, and watches the swim meet on the live stream? even though you're not there or are you someone who can kind of sh shut it out and doesn't think about the meet until you're actually there competing the next day? I'm someone that kind of shuts it out until I'm there. Um, I don't watch swimming very often or sports in general, uh, but when I'm there, I do pay attention. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, and what did, I, I, I'm just so curious, what did that taper workout look like? What is the Leah Hayes taper workout? Um, so I believe it was about 1500 yards. Um, it was like thousand warm up, 400 kick and just some pacing and stuff. 1500. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, and so then the next day, two IM prelims, I think goes pretty well. You you go into finals as the second seed. Um, how how did you handle that? How do you feel like you uh, you dealt with being second seed? Was that something that you had expected at all heading into the final? No, it was completely unanticipated, um, especially with the seeds beforehand. I know that a few. Um, of the top seed had scratched, but when uh, Kate Douglas did not show up behind the blocks, I was like, whoa, whoa. But then um, being second seed, um, I really thought that I had a shot and I was gonna give it my all and I was gonna be happy with whatever results came about. We're before that final, you know, getting marched out with, with that A final standing behind the blocks, were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you calm? What were you feeling at that time? I was stoked. <laughs> I was really looking to race and the 200 IM, it's one of my best events, I'd say. And I'd been working so hard throughout the entire season. And I felt like this was my chance to really showcase that. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, just what were the initial feelings afterwards of, of processing that, you know, seeing the scoreboard, seeing you got second, realizing you made the world champs team, any celebrations you may have had immediately after or that evening with your friends, family, coaches, um, how did that all kind of come over you? Um, it was... 
I was overjoyed. I was on cloud nine right after. And it was so exciting. And I was celebrated with my coaches and my family. First, you know, I had to do drug testing. <laughs> but then after that, um, we went for a celebratory dinner of burgers and fries. So it was a really good night. <laughs> you gotta, right? That's, I, I feel, to me, that's like a tradition after a taper meet. <clears throat> gotta, gotta Fine. get the burgers and fries meat. So do you feel like you left trials um, having learned anything significant or, or, or picking up um, an experience that you can really put your finger on of, this is what I learned from Greensboro? Um, for one thing, I need to work on my starts <laughs> with that um, almost DQ. Um, but another thing, believing in yourself is one of the motivating factors to success. I know that if I had a different mindset coming into that race, it wouldn't have gone as well for me. And I had a really supportive family, coaches and friends there with me or texting me or watching me through the screen. And it was really nice to have them there as well. Nice. That's, that, that's great to hear that you were so supported and obviously, uh, you know, belated congrats on just making that team. That is such a, a big accomplishment. Training camp in Croatia. Uh, you get to travel with Team USA you, uh, I, I heard it was Todd DeSorbo told me it was more like a taper camp than a training camp. Um, but <laughs> what was your experience? Like, you know, just your first big team USA team in, in such a beautiful venue. Um, tell me your thoughts on camp. I thought it went amazing. Um, I got to meet some of these athletes that I've been looking up to for years and I get to know them outside of the pool deck. And it was just, it was wonderful. And I didn't swim with any of them because I had my own taper plan and my coach wanted to keep that. Um, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. What can you, uh, what did that taper plan entail for you specifically? Um, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't really change, but we upped some yardage because right after I made the international team trials, I increased my yardage for the time that I was home. And then once I got to Croatia, I was on taper and um, gradually decreased. Gotcha. Were, was there um, a coach there that would help you with your workouts in Croatia or get times or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, the coach that was assigned to me there was Todd, and he really helped me um, throughout my workouts, gave me some awesome splits, and um, really helped me believe in myself as I was there and going through the taper process. Yeah, what, what do you feel like you gained from that camp, just outside of the pool, um, bonding with Team USA, or just getting to know some of these athletes um, again, anything you picked up that you can kind of put your finger on that was helpful to you heading into Budapest? Um, yeah, so a lot of the um, older athletes, they reached out to me and they really made me feel included 
and gave me great words of advice before going in and racing and going to Budapest. Um, I know uh, Natalie Hines mentioned to me, she goes, don't do anything that you're not comfortable with or you haven't done before, you know, keep it the same and um, pretty much, you know, do you. <laughs> you say that and the first thing that comes to mind is just thinking about uh, caffeine or like drinking coffee before a race. Is that, is that something you normally do or something you experimented with <laughs> in, well, uh, during this trip? Yeah, so I, um, I kind of picked up like a caffeine addiction I was, as I was on the trip because they had these coffee machines there and I tried like almost every thing of coffee it, there has. <laughs> um, I tried a cappuccino, never had that before, a macchiato, like you name it, tried them all. Um, and I don't drink coffee before my races though. I only drink, drink it on uh, through taper. So just a little like picker up every now and then. <laughs> this is a little taper coffee. Nothing wrong <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. did, you have, did you have a favorite coffee drink that you tried? The lattes in Budapest, I will never forget. They were so good. <laughs> did you did you get the ones with like hearts or like, I don't know, elaborate shapes? Was there like a swan in one of them? Um, no, I didn't go to a coffee shop, but they just had like coffee machines at the hotel. I should have got one like with a design though. That would have been fun. I should have like tried to do like my own design. Probably wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been a barista, and so I'm not actually sure how hard it is. I'm guessing it's maybe harder than it looks, but next time, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So then just getting to Budapest, um, I think you you competed on days one and two. Is that when the 200 IM was? Yeah. So for first two days of competition, you're, you're like in it. Did you feel prepared enough, um, especially once you got into the actual environment, got into the venue with the crowd and everything? Um, do you felt like you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this now? Uh, yeah, so Team USA showed up three or uh, four days right before the competition. And... I'm really grateful that we did because it gave me time to really adjust to doing arena and the competition pool and everything that was included with that. I wasn't really uh, used to like that much technology around a pool and inside the pool. So um, it was nice just to get a look at that before swimming. Um, And then going into prelims, um, I talked to my coach back at home and then I talked to Todd and I had a plan um, and I thought the race went really well and I was looking forward going to semifinals but with semifinals being my first race in the finals session um, with all the lights and the music and the crowd it was it kind of threw me off a little bit and made me nervous inside I remember sitting in the ready room and I was I go through my race before it happens just to like make sure I know every detail and what things I can do in it. And as I was, I was doing that, 
I was thinking about the crossover turn and like, I, I forgot how to do it. Like as I was sitting in the ready room and it really like just threw me off. Um, and so when I was in my race, I was getting to the wall and like, I like got so nervous <laughs> to do this crossover turn, even though I've done it like a thousand times. So, um, that just kind of threw me a loop, but I thought the race went well. Um, and it was really nice to submit once more before going into finals where I was going to give up my all. Okay. Hold on. You, you like left me in suspense. I mean, I kind of know the answer, but like, did the crossover okay. turn go? Okay. Um, well, my coach called me after it and was like, so what happened? So <laughs> Um, so, so he had noticed something, but like, obviously you didn't get DQ'd or anything like that. No, thankfully. Oh my gosh. That'd be awful. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Nice. First thing. And I, I, this is my mistake for just not noticing before, but you know, we were watching, uh, night two of world champs. You march out for the final and I'm like, holy moly, Leah Hayes doesn't wear a cap. Uh, and I, you know, you have the shaved head, it makes sense, but I, I think in my mind, I hadn't paid attention before. And I was just assuming like you, you wore a cap anyway. Um, but I thought that was a power move. I think that's so cool. But, um, obviously part of that is that, uh, you have alopecia and for viewers who aren't familiar, could you explain what that is and what that entails? Yeah, of course. So, Alopecia is an autoimmune disease where your hair follicles are attacked by your immune system because it views them as an illness or a sickness. Um, So I've had alopecia for the past um, nine years, I believe, Um, almost going on 10. And I really say it it benefits swimming. (laughs) I don't have to shave and I don't have to purchase caps. Um, and one of the reasons I don't wear a cap is because I want to bring awareness to alopecia. When you were diagnosed, what, what did that look like for you? What do you remember emotionally kind of what you had to go through the transition you just had to go through of getting used to knowing that you had it? Um, well, being that age, I was seven around the same time I started swimming um, I was very confused what was, ha- was, what was happening with myself. Um, I began treatments and obviously, as you can tell, none of them worked. Um, and I just, uh, I grew up with alopecia and over time I became comfortable with it because of my swim team and the swimming environment, you know, in swimming, everybody's heads are covered by caps and, with mine, it's just kind of like my flesh cap. So it's just, it made me feel more fit in. And through time, I gained confidence with it and um, displayed it all around. Do, is, is, is it alopecia something that ever goes away? Um, there is no known cure for it as the moment, but uh I recently went to a National Alopecia Areata um, convention and found out of some new treatments. So I'm looking forward to trying those out and seeing what's happened. 
Um, but in the meantime, no, there's, yeah, there's no known cure. And everyone's case is pretty different um, in terms of treatments. They work differently as well. I see. So with it being an autoimmune disorder, um, obviously it affects your hair, but does it affect you physically in terms of um, the way you're able to train ever or how you're able to push your physical limits? No. So alopecia doesn't um, limit me physically or cause me to be ill at all. It's pretty much just hair loss, gotcha. which is. <laughs> yeah. In terms of autoimmune. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that seems like at right. least it's just the one thing. Uh, so in terms of, like you said, kind of bringing awareness to it, um, do you feel like making this world championships team and then ultimately going on to win a bronze medal, um, you have been able to use that platform a little more to bring awareness or have you noticed more people being curious or being curious towards you about it? Um, I'd say both. As I was there, um, my appearance obviously drew some attention and luckily I was given some opportunities to share my story and tell um, some news about uh, my alopecia and my journey with it. And then I also got some questions on my social media about it and I was really grateful to answer them and for those opportunities. Um, so let's, let, let's give one more opportunity. Um, what, what do you feel like is significant about your story or what are the things you want people to know about alopecia or your journey through it? Our differences, they make us unique and they are who we are. They should be embraced and they shouldn't limit us from what we want to do. And with them, we can accomplish anything. Those are great words. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing, Leah. Um, so back to swimming. Uh, 2IM final. You walk out, you know, you, you, again, you had this um, moment of nervousness with, with the, the open turn or the bucket turn in, in semis. Um, walking out for finals, did you feel a, a bit more comfortable having been in that uh, finals environment already once? I did feel more comfortable. And especially with my teammate, Alex Walsh, in the lane right next to me, um, having her there in the ready room and then also on the pool deck was really consoling. Yeah. And then just can you take me through that final swim, what you might remember of it or what your strategy was and, and how you feel like you executed it? Well, my strategy was to go all out, but um, I was going to go um, at a solid, strong pace on my fly, uh, speed on my backstroke, power through my breaststroke, and then give it everything I have left on my freestyle. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit more of a back half swimmer, so I was just going to try to use that to my advantage. In IM, do you feel like you have a strongest stroke or a weakest stroke? Um, I do. Um, in the IM, I feel like it's my fly. And 
my coach and I noticed that and we are working on that currently. So um, I'm looking forward to getting better at it in the meantime. Um, and yeah, I feel like my strongest stroke um, is my freestyle. Nice. And so, uh, so you, you execute the race, uh, you touch the wall. Um, what, what, what was going through your head when you realized, I don't know, I don't know if you realized all this at once, but you know, third place bronze medal world junior record first time under 209. Um, so the first thing I noticed was that I reached the 208 barrier and I was absolutely ecstatic about that because, um, going into the meet, I really wanted to get a 208 and I told my coach that I was like, I feel like I can do it. And seeing that just gave me this wave of relief and accomplishment. And then the next thing I noticed was the world junior record. And I was, oh my goodness, head over heels for that. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, Cause I've been looking at that time that you, uh, Yitzin has been holding for a very long time and I wanted to get that record. So I was happy that I was able to. Uh, and then, you know, first world champs, first senior international team, you get to stand on that podium right next to your teammate, Alex Walsh, and, you know, get presented the bronze medal that you earn. Um, what did that mean to you in that moment, that medal ceremony mean to you? I was beyond honored to be on podium with my teammate and represent the United States of America. That's been my dream ever since I began swimming and saw these international meets, just, it was truly a dream come true for me. Yeah. Uh, again, Leah, congrats. That is a great accomplishment. It was super fun to watch that race particular and, and you race in it. And so moving on from Budapest, you're home now, you're back into training. Uh, um, what does the rest of the summer look like? Well, Junior Pampex, I believe that since I went to uh, World Championships, I'm no longer on the team for Junior Pampex, um, which is a little disappointing because I really wanted to go see my um, friends from the, uh, my friends from the Junior team. Um, but I'm wishing them the best of luck, and I know they're going to crush it out there at competition. Um, but right now. I well this weekend I have a local team meet in Illinois and I will be competing at Illinois State. Um, my coach and I decided that we were not going to go to uh, nationals because it was just too quick of a turnaround um, just coming off of world championships and then I recently just got back from vacation so it's just it would have been too fast. <laughs> understandable um illinois state for a summer meet describe that to me like what i feel like every state has their different summer meets what is illinois state like is that a big deal for you or is that just kind of more of a local meet that you go to and compete at um i'd say illinois state is a very competitive meet and 
I'm looking forward to going there and seeing my um, my friends from around the state. That, that sounds really exciting. I, I hope it goes well for you. I hope I hope you have a great rest of the summer, Leah. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Um, do you have any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Um, no, but it was really nice talking to you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.